It's time for Wolo and Friends on Sports 56, presented by Genesis of Olive Branch. Here is your host, the voice of the Tigers, Dave Woloshin. Oh, the Barquets were music to the ears last night at the AutoZone Liberty Bowl Gala. The President's Gala was terrific. There was no music and no jaw for the Grizzlies in Denver last night. They were pounded from the get-go. We'll have Andy Schiffman talking about the NBA and the Grizzlies. That'll come your way at 1025. Of course, we're going to have Brian Dacus on. It's almost like your pregame pregame for the AutoZone Liberty Bowl. And we'll go over the Tigers' attempts to win their 10th game of the year. That would be only the fifth team in the history of the school to accomplish that particular mark. Um, I, The more I think about it, the more I really believe that it's the team that really wants to play in a bowl game. I mean, bowl games are not true games anymore, in my opinion, with all the opt-outs now. And I've never felt like it was a true continuation of the season and a true test. It's always been a bit of an exhibition game. Maybe if you're playing in the playoffs, that's a different thing. Or you were playing for the BCS championship, that might have been a different thing. But here's the truth. There's at least a month between your last game and your bowl game. Pretty much. And you take time off from practice, and now you've got all these opt-outs and, and guys that are not going to play because they think it's going to hurt their career or they're going to transfer schools. And by the way, that, that portal is open until January 2nd. And in the words yesterday of Ryan Silverfield, I won't sleep a wink until that's done. There will be more coming in from Memphis. There will be more going. At least they'll be here for the for the ball. And, and that's the other thing. You know, everybody's talking about the 20 guys or 19 guys that have opted out of Florida State. You know that Iowa State has 14 opt-outs? No, there's only one or two guys that are key guys. Memphis actually has more. They got walk-ons. They got like 17 guys who've opted out. But four are pretty important. Two offensive linemen that started. One, your fourth leading tackler and your leading interceptor in the defensive backfield. And your backup quarterback. In case anything happens to Seth Hannigan. So um, it, it's just a different animal. It, it, it truly is. So Mike DeCourcy on college basketball and the Tigers tomorrow, 6 o'clock against Austin P. Nice storylines here. Rodney Hamilton will be coming back to Memphis for the first time. His coach, uh, who was at Northwestern State, they took their staff and they took most of the, like six of their best players, including the Southland Conference Player of the Year. They all went to Clarksville. They went to Austin P. Um, and they also took one of the better players from CBU, which uh, the, his name is Daniel Luce. He is David Luce's grandson. He is the nephew of um, newest administrator at the U of M, Brad Luce. So there's a little family thing going on here, and they will be in town tomorrow. We'll talk a lot of college basketball with our friend, the Hall of Famer from the Sporting News, Mike DeCourcy. That'll come your way in just a couple of minutes. In the meantime, we're busy. We got eight picks we've got to make. All right? You you ready, Zach Boyd? I'm ready. Okay. Um, We did not have the greatest of luck from last night couple more losses for both of us. But we can make it up. Last one on college football this year, and it is eight picks. We'll start with the AutoZone Liberty Bowl, and I will say to you, uh, I don't usually do Memphis games, but I thought, what the heck, it's it's the Liberty Bowl. It's the AutoZone Liberty Bowl, which I'm proud for Memphis to be in. This is the 65th rendition. I've seen at least 40. I've been here 42 years um, I, I've missed one or two. So I'm going to say I've been to 40, which, you know, 65, more than half. That's impressive. Yeah. Um, and and I, I, think, I think it's going to be a much closer game than the 
Vegas odds makers are saying ten and a half. I think Iowa State should be the favorite. I think ten and a half is too much. I'm taking the Tigers. We're thinking alike already. Okay, we've been on the same wavelength here for most of our picks, to be totally honest. So um, let's let's go ahead to the Gator Bowl. That is Missouri against Ohio State. Ohio State's a four and a half point favorite. I think Missouri's a really good team. And they have not had the opt-outs that Ohio State has had, including their starting quarterback. So I'm going to say, and I've been wrong about a bunch of this, when you lose your coach or you lose your quarterback, usually you're going to lose the bowl game. That has not necessarily been the case this year. But I, I'm going to use that as, as, as part of my reason for taking the Missouri Tigers. Taking the Missouri Tigers as well. Okay. Cotton Bowl, Ole Miss and Penn State. The Nittany Lions in this bowl game are actually the favorites in the game. How can that be? I I think in this Cotton Bowl, it's going to be Ole Miss. I, I think they're getting points in the wrong team's favor. Give me the Rebels. I'm going with Penn State. Okay. I could be wrong. Which- could. Which we have been for most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think Ole Miss's offense is just too potent. I, I do, and you know they they haven't had the that that I that I know of. They haven't had as many opt outs as most teams, and you know they keep adding to their momentum with this incredible portal hall that they've been getting. Now that th- those guys can't play in this game, but um, I-, I think they get enough firepower to beat Penn State. Orange Bowl, Georgia and Florida State. Twenty guys have opted out at Florida State. Georgia's just too good. I, I think Florida State's heartbroken. They don't really want to be here. I-, I I I think Georgia wins this game. That's a lot of points. It really is, but I think they're going to cover it. Yeah, Georgia here. Wow. Uh, Citrus Bowl. Iowa and Tennessee. Tennessee giving away six points. Iowa can't score. They cannot score. Um, I I know you're down to another quarterback, a new quarterback, but this is the quarterback they're hoping uh, uh, is the future. I think he's the future is now. I think Tennessee wins this game by more than six. Oh, give me Iowa. Okay. You'll take the I want to rock tight. All right. Music City Bowl, Auburn and Maryland. The Maryland team not has not impressed me at all. Auburn, not the, this is a tough one. Auburn's six and a half, but I'm still going to go with the SEC team in this one because I just don't trust Maryland. I'm going opposite. You're going Maryland? Yeah. All right. We're going to have a lot of differences here. So hopefully here. Greg's team doesn't fail me. That's I know. I did Greg even pick his own alma mater? I, th- I think he went I the other way. He did, but I, I can't recall. I, I can't remember either. I, I thought with Harold that he, he went the other way on this, but I'm not sure. All right, semifinals. Last two picks for 2023. That is Alabama and Michigan. Michigan is giving away two. I think Michigan's the better football team. I don't. I think Alabama's been up and down. I don't think Alabama deserves to be in the playoffs, and I think Michigan's going to win by more than two. I'll take the Wolverines. I roll. I am rolling the tide. Yep, I figured you would. And then finally, Texas and Washington. I think Washington is the underdog of this whole thing. I would not be shocked if they won the national title. They're getting four points from the Longhorns. Give me Washington. Give me Texas. Okay. Man. Been, Washington's been a lot in a lot of close games against uh, top 25 opponents this year. Don't forget Washington's getting four. Yeah. All right. And we are done. We got uh, college basketball to talk about. Usually he comes on Tuesdays, uh, but uh, he was busy. We're flexible, and he will be joining us here momentarily. Well, Mike DeCourcy, I'll let you know he's brought to you by our title sponsor, that's Genesis of Olive Branch, right there at the corner of Highway 78, Lamar, and the first exit in Mississippi, Craft Road. Turn left, go see Vinny. That's Vinny Gerard, the crazy Canadian who loves hockey and loves luxury cars. He loves Genesis cars. And right now, he loves the SUVs, the GV70, the GV80. Those are the two SUVs. The 70 is the smaller one. They both got all the toys, all the bells and the whistles, the newest in technology, plus 
that incredible smooth Genesis ride. I mean, that's luxury, folks. And it's got special financing and, and pricing available right now. So go see Vinny at Genesis of Olive Branch. Also, we're sitting in the Family Leisure Studio, and we're past Christmas. So there's a post-Christmas sale, I am sure, and I will get specifics by next week. But I got a feeling it's going to involve hot tubs, spas, maybe even some deals for the spring pools as they start to come in. If you're tired and sore from all the shopping, there's hot tubs and massage chairs. There will be a postseason, post-Christmas sale, I promise, right there at I-40 and Widden Road. That's family and leisure where family and fun and all kinds of sales always seem to come together. Let's go to Indy. And wish a happy new year to our Hall of Famer, Mike DeCourcy from the Sporting News. You've got the Tigers as a two seed. I love that, but are you crazy? <laughs> well, look at the three line and the four line and the five line, and then tell me why I'm crazy. I, I'm I, I'm really not going to argue with you. Y- you know, 19 in the AP poll, 18 in the coaches. Parrish at CBS has the Tigers, I think, at number nine. So uh, it, it, it's within the realm of possibility. And frankly, other than Purdue, I think the Tigers have the best non-conference resume of anybody. Well, I think they certainly are up there, and that's why they, they wound up as a number two seed in my bracket last Friday. And, and I will say that since they didn't do any damage to themselves, Although it's supposed, it won't be released for a little bit. I don't think that uh, there's any reason to necessarily change that. It, it, it is not, uh, through the non-conference, it's not been a year in which a lot of teams have surged forward and said, look at me. Uh, we've got a lot of teams that have done some good things and then usually some bad things along with that uh, to put themselves in a position where they, they don't belong at the top of the bracket. Uh, it, it's it's just really problematic in that regard, and I think what the Tigers did uh, with their schedule, which was really smart by Penny, was also a risk. Uh, he took that risk, and it and it paid off because they consistently won, and it also helped. I think that they were in a cycle where some of their uh, games, like uh, where some of their games were at home, uh, that might you know that might otherwise have been on the road, so they played those. You know, they played the consecutive home games against Virginia and uh, and Vanderbilt and Clemson, and, and so that certainly helped them. Uh, but they, they played really well uh, through the first two months. And I, I, I tell you, Dave, uh, don't worry about the polls. No, I respect what Gary does because I know where it's coming from. I know Gary knows the game. Uh, I know that uh, that he covers it really closely for, for uh, CBS Sports and that if – it, it, that, that's why I, I, you know, when I hear he has him at nine, then I feel like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not crazy. I'm, I'm, I'm in the right ballpark here. Uh, that that they have done a lot in non-conference. Now it'll be harder for them to hold that position uh, from now until the end of the season. I think you're going to have to do really well in the FAU games, and that that would mean at least a split. Uh, and then they're going to have to do really well against the others in the league. Uh, and then we'll see where it goes. But uh, all of those teams that the next line, Carolina, uh, Marquette, Illinois, Florida Atlantic is a three seed. So those so you don't even necessarily have to sweep them to stay in the upper tier of the bracket. You obviously are going to have to do that to the rest of the league uh, because it's just it, it's just not strong enough overall for you to lose more than maybe one or two of those games and still feel secure about getting a protected seed. Well, if you if you go on chalk, um, you know, Memphis and, and Florida Atlantic should play three times in two and a half weeks at the end of the year. Oh, wow. Including yeah. the conference championship. So, yeah, I, I wouldn't have scheduled it that way, Dave. I don't understand that. I, 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 they, had, they had the opportunity to make this make sense and to, and to sub all those games. I guess it's probably television. It absolutely uh, is television. Yeah, but it, that's a lot in one stretch. And if, if if you're Florida Atlantic or you're the Tigers and you get one guy hurt, then all three of those games become at risk instead of splitting them up and spreading them out a little bit and uh, have one in January, one in February, and then obviously the one, uh, or, or early March, and then obviously the one uh, 
you know, if they get to it, the conference championship game. This is the way it's worked in the American, though, with Houston and Memphis the last few years. They 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 played two times at the end of the regular season and then met each other in conference championships. And um, yeah, I, I think it kind of prepared Memphis for the postseason for the uh, NCAA tournament. Um, it certainly didn't hurt Houston a couple of years ago. <laughs> so it didn't help them last year. So no. I don't know. I, I, it, it's hard to say. I just don't know that it's necessary. I think it's good to play that one in January, and then you build the, mo- the momentum toward the second one, uh, where everybody's kind of looking forward to it and pointing toward it. And and I I, I think that there's a drama that builds instead of. Uh, and, you know, you you go through the and everybody's waiting for those games to happen, and then all of a sudden there they are. Just you know, it's like eating dessert uh, with no dinner, kind of. You know, you don't have that build up to that. I I, I am curious um, to maintain the area of let's just say a top five seed. Yeah. How many conference games can Memphis lose? And I'll, I'll use this caveat. They split with FAU, winning at home, losing on the road. This is all speculative, obviously. Yeah. But can Memphis lose two others, maybe on the road, say at Tulane? Even in East Carolina with a bad net, but they're really not a bad team. I've seen them battle at home and on the road against South Carolina and Florida. So... They've got some good players, and that's a hard place to, believe it or not, play because there's such little energy most of the time in the building. Or you could lose at Wichita State, or you could lose at SMU. I mean, how many losses can Memphis suffer in this particular league and still wind up with a decent seed to give you a chance? Is it a 20 or an 18? It's, a, it's, it's 18. Yeah, I don't think they can lose more than uh, one other and, and feel good about a protect. Uh, uh, well, I, I call it a protected set. The top four seeds are called protected seeds. You might be able to slide in as a five or a six if you lose twice. I, I do think you you have to feel really strongly that you're going to have to go out and dominate to feel like you can compete at the top. And, of course, Houston a year ago uh, got a one, I believe. Um, and they lost that Temple game. Uh, right. so that they, did not, they did not have a clean non-conference, excuse me, a clean conference, and they were still able to stay a one. So maybe I'm being a bit harsh. Maybe you could lose two. Uh, but then it might come down to whether or not you win that third game against FAU if you get to it. Well, that But that game is going to be, if I recall correctly, I think it's on the Sunday morning of Selection Sunday, which yes. usually means they don't really take it into account. Yeah, it depends. It depends on the circumstance, uh, where they stand. Uh, they often don't bracket until Sunday afternoon, so they may they may not look at it. Uh, they may and they may look at it. It, it. it the one that we know really doesn't get much run uh, in regards to the committee is the Big Ten game because it doesn't start until I think two thirty or three thirty Eastern. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm always doing that thing, the show in Central Time, so now I right. lost track. I think it's three. I think it's a three thirty start, and so it, 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 except for occasions when there's an automatic bid at stake that maybe somebody played themselves into that spot, and they have to worry about whether they'll take a bid away from somebody else. They really have said we can't pay attention to that. Yeah, but some uh, of the earlier games they can if they need to. And traditionally, that has been the 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 early game, like eleven o'clock or I. I want to say, and it could be wrong. It was one year it was a ten o'clock start, uh, Central Time, but uh, I'm I'm not 100 percent of that. What What is your take on the Pac-12, the two schools, the leftovers, Washington State, Oregon State, joining the WCC, which has been basically a two-team league with Gonzaga and St. Mary's traditionally? What What does that do to that league? To the to the WCC? Yeah, yeah. I think it makes it better. I don't think it changes it uh, appreciably. Uh, obviously, Oregon State and Washington State are better than the standard issue uh, in that league, but they're not better than Gonzaga or St. Mary's. Uh, Oregon State hasn't made the tournament since 2016. Uh, and they Actually, 20, uh, 2020 they were in there. They made the Elite Eight, uh, so they made it twice since 2016. Um, and Washington State, I can't remember the last time they were in. So 
I, I don't understand why they didn't get together with the Mountain West. I'm not sure what happened there. That's uh, crazy because that they're going to play yeah. football in that league. It, it, yeah. Are the West Coast schools that much closer to Washington State and Oregon State that it was for all other sports uh, just more logical to do it? it? It seemed crazy to me, too. I, I thought it was going to make the Mountain West a much better league. I mean, Portland, Portland State, uh, Gonzaga, they're, they're all up in that area. So I guess it's maybe a little better. But it, the Mountain West is a, is a good solid. Right now I have five Mountain West teams in my bracket. Now yeah. they may not, but they're probably going to end up with four. They, I think they had four last year uh, with Utah State squeaking in under the, under the wire. Uh, so it's, it's been a really solid basketball league and 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 it's okay in football they're not you know they don't embarrass themselves so i thought that it made perfect sense for them to basically reform that league under the pac-12 brand name because it's a good brand uh and take the mountain west brand and say yeah that's not a bad brand i like the name but it's probably not the the first uh, league that people out west think about when they think about college sports so i i thought that it was a very easy logical maneuver for them and somehow they managed to botch that but hey the pac-12 is what over for the last 12 years or so so why 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 do anything smart now well i i I actually thought you know i I, and i don't know if mike oreska tried this and failed and then just said well we're not thinking about going west but i i always thought you could take the best of the mountain west with oregon state and washington state and the best of the american and have a pretty good league, maybe a league that would have gotten, uh, at least would have tried, shouted to, to, to get the Pac-12 uh, Power 5 designation. Yeah, you, you would have to start, obviously you'd have to form a new league, and you'd yeah. have to, or, you know, theoretically kick out people. And Or you become sure the Pac-12, you would have violated, you would have tried legally to use what, uh, what, the, what they have with their clout legally as a Power right. 5 group and use the Pac-12 name. Yeah, you could do that. Somebody would have had to uh, somebody would have had to have some real vision and like I said, man, it's been a while since we've seen much uh, yeah. much quality out of the Pac-12. It started when they hired Larry Scott as commissioner. Uh, he did a, a very poor job in my opinion. Uh, and 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 the opinion of many others I agree. and it it's just uh, it just descended to where it is now and what we've got uh, four or five more months where there will be uh, maybe six, if you count, maybe baseball makes the the College World Series, where we'll have any uh, Pac-12 competition at all. It's hard to believe. I know. And I I never would have thought I would see that in my lifetime. Of course, I never would have thought I would have seen uh, 16 beat a one, and I've seen it twice, so... Crazy things, crazy things can happen. All right, last thing, and we'll we'll end 2023 sort of on a bummer note. But I've always loved rivalries, and I always, in my mind, I love the Memphis Louisville rivalry. And I I got a text from my good buddy Paul Rogers, who was watching uh, the Vandy game, or maybe it was the Virginia game or Clemson game, which because they were all on. And and he goes, man, it's hard to sit here and watch you guys play these great games and seeing what we've seen. And the the fall, the free fall since Louisville hired Kenny Payne is just unbelievable. What what kind of ending are we going to see there? Well, I think I think that he will be he will finish the season. Unless something awful happens, and uh, they've been reasonably competitive, the the drive to get get him pushed out now, I don't understand it at all. It, it, this is not what Louisville basketball is supposed to be. Yes, correct, right. But Louisville basketball also is not supposed to be firing coaches in the middle of the year and or remove or having coach having to change coaches in the middle of the year so I can make this consistent. And now they've done it twice. If they if they remove Kenny Payne now, so what? Where are you headed? I mean, if if that's what I don't think people understand the impact that that has on the desirability of a program uh, to a to a potential successor. If you're firing or and or removing coaches every time you don't like what you get, then coaches out there say, "I have other options." Well, we have more money. That's okay. I can go here and coach for 15 years, or I can come to co- your place and coach for 15 months. First time I lose three games in a row, you want to fire me. That, that's the way coaches think. Uh, there are there, no difference between two million and six million or whatever. That's different. 
But if you're telling me I can make four and a half over here and have job security, or I can come to your place and make six, and you're gonna you're gonna be questioning me like you did Chris Mack, and then you're gonna question me like you did Kenny Payne, that's okay. I'll just I'll I'll stay or I'll move there or whatever. It it, it doesn't make any sense to remove Kenny Payne right now. And, and but but there is, but when I wrote that or said that uh, recently, I got hammered by Louisville fans because they just want. I think the one thing that a lot of sports fans don't understand is that it doesn't help you to fire a coach as punishment for losing games. It doesn't help make you better to do that. You're mad, so you want to fire the coach. That doesn't help you. It do, it, it doesn't. Eventually, at a certain point, if things aren't working, yeah, you move on. But you see this in every sport. Fans get mad because they're losing and they want to fire the coach. And what ends up happening is they completely destabilize those programs that go along with that or or franchises that go along with that are the ones that are continually firing coaches and not winning games. Do you think there's any chance he would be back next year? Oh, it it would take a... It would take a, a near-miraculous finish. And, and I say that, when I, what would it take? It would take them uh, maybe winning the, excuse me, uh, making the NCAA tournament. And would it take a miracle to get there from here? Uh, based on what we've seen, yes. Yes. But, uh, it, but it wouldn't, you know, the ACC's not so formidable that a quality team could go out there and, you know, win Fourteen games or whatever, and and find their way into the tournament. Uh, I just don't see that based on what Louisville has shown to this point. I'm with you. Anyway, happy New Year to you, to Deb. 2024. I hope is filled with joy and health. Happy New Year to you and your family as well, Dave. Uh, it's great to ha- it's great to catch up with you every week and to, and to connect with uh, all my friends in Memphis. And we'll do it again next Tuesday. Thank you, my friend. It'll be next year. Holy mackerel. <laughs> you bet. All right. That is Mike DeCourcy, our Hall of Famer from the Sporting News. He is brought to you by Sheldon, Sheldon Rosengarten, Mark Spensdorf. You know, he likes to talk about, he sells, he'll sell houses right in the middle of the holidays. Doesn't matter to him. He can sell anytime, anywhere, any place. You know why? Because he's got the knowledge. He's got the plan. He's got the strategy. It's that strategic marketing program that means the difference in what you make and when. And he will tell you. He never stops. He sold a house on uh, Thanksgiving. That's how crazy it is at the Rosengarten family household. He's always busy, but he'll tell you. Talk to two or three real estate brokers. Just make sure he's one of them. He'll show you why. When you want the job done, you call Sheldon. That's Sheldon at 483-0546 or memphisrelocate.com. You want to sell that house? You want to sell it for the most and get to the closing table the quickest? You call my guy, Sheldon Rosengarten. Mark Spensdorf. Back in a minute. Who Chicago we go. Our friend Andy Schiffman is standing by. We'll talk the Grizz game last night. They were never in it. And we'll talk more NBA news with our agent. That is Andy Schiffman right around the corner. Broadcasting from the Family Leisure Studio, we are Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now back to Wolo and Friends on Sports 56. Presented by Genesis of Olive Branch. Here once again is the voice of the Tigers, Dave Woloshin. You ready for the New Year's? I hope you're stocked up. You got to go see my guy, Eddie, Eddie Connor, at the Spirit Shop, Poplar and St. Nick. That's 4848 Poplar, right down from Clark Tower. Little luck having you passed it by a million times. It's been stocking up people in Memphis. When it comes to spirits and good times since 1969, the great thing is you get an education. You'll find out what's a bargain, what's up and coming, what's rare, and he's got it all. He'll run the gamut with you from bourbon to vodkas to tequilas to wines to the local beers to even accessories. If you want to rim your drink with the special seasoning, he's got that for any drink you could possibly want. 
Everything is there at Poplar and St. Nick. The little log cabin with it all. It's the spirit shop. We go to Chicago. Our good friend, Andy Schiffman. Happy New Year to you. Um, the Grizz could have used some cheer last night. That That is for certain. No jaw. And a beatdown. They lost every quarter, 142-105. And here's something that you won't see very often. I think it's only like the second time ever where uh, the Joker had a triple-double. He did it in three quarters, 26 points, 14 rebounds, 10 assists. He did not miss a shot. He was 11 of 11, one for one from three-point range, and perfect from the free throw line. When will we ever see something like that again? Good morning, Andy. Good morning, Dave. I uh, hope you have a, are having a good holiday season. And yeah, that's, that's very rare, and it's unfortunate that the Grizzlies lost last night without job, without some of their other players. Uh, just this, I don't know what sort of illness is going around, not only with the Grizzlies, but a lot of other NBA players. Oh, it's, it must team. be a bad flu, because um, he's even questionable now for tomorrow night in Los Angeles against the Clippers. So they're 4-0 with him and 6-20 and without him. Yep. But look, with, with the Joker, right, with Jokic, everyone, just like last year, he flies under the radar because he's not puffing his chest out. He's not on Twitter and social media uh, jawing with the critics and other, other players and just he, he goes about his business very quietly, which I really respect and appreciate value. And they, look, he just wants to win. And I think that that's a characteristic that is not at the forefront of a lot of these other NBA stars, these MVP type of candidates, because they, not necessarily in a bad way, but they like to run their mouth and they make it all about them. And Jokic never has really done that, and he's actually gone quite the opposite direction to basically say, like, look, he was he was just on one of our clients, Michael Porter, one of our clients' teammates. He just had a podcast, and he came out very blatantly and explicitly and said, look, I don't want to be famous. I don't like being famous. I can't go anywhere with people without people taking their phones out and recording me and, and asking for pictures. And when I retire and am done playing basketball, I hope no one remembers me as a basketball player. I just want to kind of disappear and be a family man. And I respect I, I, that. And I'm, so, I'm so glad you brought it up because it's in my notes. He's the first guy. First of all, does he do endorsements? Because I've never seen him do an endorsement, even though he's a really cool kind of personality, it seems to me. And then when he said that, he goes, I don't want people to remember me when I'm out of the game. Now, he may have a little different perspective on that when he is truly done, but he's the first guy who's a star that I've ever heard say that. Like, usually it's, well, I want my legacy to be Hall of Fame, and, you know, he's thinking in the back of his head, I'll be like Michael Jordan or like Kobe Bryant was, or I'll do, uh, I'll have endorsements until I'm 80, you know? Uh, He's certainly the opposite of that. Exactly, and he does little endorsements here and there. I think there's a national commercial, it might be a Hotels.com commercial that he's in with one of his teammates, Peyton Watson, but my point being is he is definitely the antithesis of what you see around the NBA in terms of a superstar because that's what he is. The guy is a superstar. And everyone kind of forgets about him when you're talking about the MVP candidates and Joel Embiid and Giannis. But every conversation should include Jokic. If not one, then 1A for my money. Uh, and so when you're a Grizzlies team, a depleted Grizzlies team, and really any NBA team for that matter – Going into Denver and facing the Nuggets with Jokic, it's you gotta, you know, you gotta got a wing and a prayer or whatever the saying is. Like it's gonna be a tough, tough go for you. All right, and I have to ask you this question because he's your client and he's controversial at times. Used to be beloved, um, and that's Steve Kerr, who had very interesting remarks about a game on Christmas, where he goes, "I, I'm, I'm not taking aim at the officiating in this game." But I'm taking aim at the way we teach our referees. Mm -hmm. We have basically legislated defense out of the game. And he was complaining about how players who are smart have learned how to bait officials into calling stupid plays on defense for fouls. Give me, give me your thoughts, and I, I haven't heard if he got fond by the league or not on this. He might have been smart enough to, 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 to the way he worded it, avoiding right. a, a penalty. Yeah, and you know, Dave, I do, I do think he worded it correctly, where he, he kind of evades any sort of 
reprimand from the league. I don't completely disagree. Look, I'm, I'm a player's agent. I represent the players. I want the players to succeed. Obviously, we as a company also represent Steve Kerr, different department within Priority Sports. But if any coach were to say that, if you watch the game today, then I don't necessarily think you can wholeheartedly disagree with what Steve said. Now, keep in mind, Steve is also a former NBA player, and so the refereeing and the calls and the the way the game was played when he was playing primarily in the 90s, right, vastly different. The players today would not be getting away with nearly as much as what they get away with if they were playing in his area in the 90s. So I think that has something to do with it. Uh, obviously, if you're on the other end of it, it can be very frustrating as a head coach when you see other guys on the opposing team making these moves, flopping, et cetera, and just getting any call whatsoever. Uh, I get it. Uh, I, I can empathize with that. But the, the other side of it, right, is you're selling a brand if you're the NBA. And so do there, there's a lot that players can get away with, right, on both sides. Of it. And if you're a fan watching the game, you like to see these tricks and these little maneuvers that these superstars have. And then that carries over into when your kid's playing in his driveway and he's working on these moves of Harden and, and Giannis and whoever he's trying to emulate. It all kind of has a trickle-down effect. Uh, right, because you look at the the history of the game and how it's evolved. Rather, it's all kind of passed down from era to era, and what was applicable in the '70s may not be applicable and the pace of the game in the '80s and the '90s, and vice versa, all the way down to today. So, I would say it's a fair point by Steve. I don't really think anything's going to be done uh, about it by the league. I think it's just part of today's NBA game. Yeah, yeah I. Uh... You know, it's funny that you say Steve would never have gotten a call because, first of all, he never went in the paint. He let Jordan right. do that. He just stood in He's a smart. corner and said, Mike, Collected give it to rings. me. Yeah, Shoot exactly. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, but, no, I think he's right. I, I, I think they do bait him too much, and, and I do think that comes back to the way they are trained. I think they probably have to rethink that a little bit. Look, in in um, uh, the uh, college game, they're doing the same thing now with a charge. You're not going to see hardly any charges by definition now because to get a charge, you have to now be in front of the offensive player firmly in place before his plant leg comes down, right? Yep. So it's it's a block 85% of the time at least. So again – it's yep. it, they want offense. That's what the game wants, and 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 that's the way it is going to be. Speaking of offense, you made this bold prediction last time we were on that the <laughs> woeful Detroit we're Pistons this. were going to tie Philly at twenty eight for the longest losing streak ever. Of course, it took Philly two years to do that overlap. Twenty eight games. They got there last night, but when Detroit was up 21 at the half. What were you thinking? Can you believe they lost that game? I mean, seriously. (laughs) Well, can I believe it? Yes, because you're looking at a game in Boston against one of the top NBA teams versus a two-win Pistons team. But I was watching that game. I watched the whole game. I have Isaiah Livers with a couple other guys in the Pistons. But Isaiah played and was keeping up with it for him. And I was shocked. They were up 21 at the half. I think... uh, it was it was remarkable, but then I just look as a basketball fan. As I watched the third quarter unfold, you could tell Boston was no nonsense when they came out of the locker room. They went to work right away. They were scoring at will. They were defending. Now Detroit did a really good job on the glass, and they out rebounded Boston. And so if I'm Monty Williams, and I'm looking at this game and say, "Hey, we just took Boston to overtime. Yes, we lost, but." throughout the rest of the fourth quarter when Boston tried to kind of pull away a little bit here and there in the third, Detroit always had an answer, whether it was Cade Cunningham, Bogdanovich, Isaiah Livers hit a big corner three at one point in time. Jaden Ivey was spectacular in flashes. So if I'm going back to the film room now after that game and going into this next one, I'm saying, look, what can we take away that we know we did well, that we rebounded well, we defended well, uh, we took one of the NBA's best down to the wire, so let's build on that and try and replicate that for two or three consecutive quarters as opposed to just the first half in a game. Uh, look, it, it, 
you don't want to sit there and say it gives you hope and optimism because what do they really have to play for at this point in the year? But just compete. And even the announcers, I was watching the, the Celtics broadcast last night, Dave, even the Celtics announcers who I love even said, look, like, if they play like this the rest of the way, and they have not played like this during this horrible losing streak, but if they compete and bring this fire and energy and ball movement and play like this, they're not going to end the season with single-digit wins. So we'll see what comes of it from here. I think I, I told you they were going to you did. You, home. You, you, Toronto, said they would, one, I believe. you said they would beat Toronto at home. That's tomorrow. And you, you say you're standing by that? Standing by it. Okay. I got, we got some positive momentum right. now, so we'll see. All right. Well, we'll talk to you next year. How about that? That's right. Next Friday. Thank you so much. Happy New Year to you, your girlfriend. Hope it's a great, healthy 24 for you. Thanks, Dave. You too. Happy New Year. You got it. That's our man. In Chicago with Priority Sports, that is Andy Schiffman. He's brought to you by the Eflin Insurance team. That's Matt and all of his guys, folks like Andrew and Heath, Grant. They're all ready for you at 386-GUR. They have that G-R-R, 4777 in there because they're big Tiger supporters. And listen, they do insurance a little differently. They do it the collaborative way. They want to get to know you. They want to know your family. They want to know what's important to you, what your budget is, and then they will protect your car, your home, even life insurance. They've got it all to make sure that you're secure. They get to know you. They do the same thing with small and mid-sized businesses. If you are looking you have that kind of a company and you're looking for protection, let the Eflin insurance team get to know you, your employees, your product. They do all of that. They'll even forecast on the road the way it looks for your business and then protect you with the perfect commercial insurance. Again, the number, 901-386-GUR. That's 4777. Get protected the collaborative way with the Eflin insurance team. Brian Takis will help me end the year on this program. We'll talk Tigers football and basketball in just a minute. Be sure to follow us at Sports56WHBQ on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube to watch live video of our shows, stay up to date with station events, and have chances to win prizes. Don't miss out on anything that's going on. Follow us at Sports56WHBQ. Now back to Wolo and Friends on Sports 56. Presented by Genesis of Olive Branch. Here once again is the voice of the Tigers, Dave Woloshin. Welcome in final segment of 2023. Where does the time go? That is crazy. I'm about to enter my... 49th year of being Holy cow. a professional broadcaster. Started in 1975 in a little radio station in Steamboat Springs. You, 49 years? Wow. Are you crazy? That's impossible. <laughs> um, Tigers seem to have Mission Impossible. It's not a half point line. Come on. It's way too do you, big. Do you buy that? I don't. I uh, I know that uh, Iowa State is kind of a young, fun team, and and I think a lot of it has to do with some of the missing pieces on the offensive line, and and this defense has been a concern. But I mean, a bowl game at home, it, double digit points just seems like a, a, a way too big number. Um, I don't know if I'm going to be betting that game, but uh, it's definitely something to keep an well, eye on. You know, the, the only thing that bothers me is. The weather. This is oh, Iowa yeah. State's weather, right? Yeah, it's perfect. And they want to run the ball. Memphis mm-hmm. wants to throw the ball. It's a yeah. little harder to throw the ball when it's kind of wet out there yeah. and cold and windy. Well, I mean, Dave, the last game Iowa State played in was against Kansas State, and it was like a blizzard out there. I mean, it was snow right. everywhere. Well, so, yeah, it's perfect and, weather and, for them. And the freshman running back mm-hmm. had 276 yards. Right. Now, I don't think they're going to do that against Memphis, but they're going to try to run it down Absolutely. Memphis's throat. Here's the thing. I, I think... Iowa State will come motivated to win the game because sure. they get so many young players. Mm-hmm. They had only six guys that were seniors on the field yep. against Kansas State. So they're young. They've won five of their last seven. So I think they'll be motivated. But I know Memphis is motivated mm-hmm. because they, they have been preached and they want to be a part of the legacy that would be the fifth team to win 10 games. Yeah. So I, I think they're geared up to play. The, the question, I guess, is can you stop the run? And how will this offensive line hold up with two new 
guys that are going to play yeah. a big role with the loss of Pounders mm-hmm. and Carter? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's two really good questions. I think Iowa State is probably watching the film and uh, seeing, you know, I think the the biggest game that, that jumps out to me in, in terms of a, opponents finding success on the ground was that game against Charlotte where the, what, fourth string running back that wasn't even on the depth chart go out goes out and runs for 200 yards against the Memphis defense. So, you know, I think uh, I think Memphis can be motivated. I think kind of going back to being able to play a bowl, bowl game in your home stadium will give them a lot of energy. But the offensive line is going to be the big question mark. And, uh, you know, you're going to have some really young guys have to step up today and, and get some snaps. And um, obviously you've got a dynamic back in, uh, in Blake Watson that can make things happen. But I, it all starts up front. Well, and they're really good defensively. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're, they're amongst too. the top 20 yeah. in a lot of defensive categories. And here is one thing now. Hennigan has to really be on his P's and Q's yes. because they have 16 interceptions this year. That's incredible. I mean, I think, uh, you know, the good thing is, is you know, I've been talking to some of my buddies about this game. A lot of my friends, uh, you know, about to head out there uh, in the next hour or so. And, you know, I think the good thing is you look at the offensive line and, yeah, they're having to replace a couple guys, but they're bringing a lot of the weapons back. Uh, you know, a lot of the receivers, um, obviously Blake Watson, Seth Hennigan, all going to play uh, in this game. Dan, I think that will help a lot, but but certainly, like you said, 16 interceptions. And we've seen at times um, Seth Hennigan kind of go out and, and have a slow start and, and kind of make a mistake here or there. So you definitely won an A game from him. So what do you think happens? Uh, ugh. I'm going to say I'm going to try to keep hopes up, and I'm going to say Memphis uh, keeps it close. I think they certainly cover. We pick every bowl game, um, Brett and I do, uh, in the afternoons, and uh, he picked Iowa State. If anybody wants to go after him, you know, me, I picked the Tigers. Well, they do. they got to go to Dallas, right? Yeah. Well, no, Atlanta. I mean Atlanta. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but no, I think I think the Tigers cover. I think they keep it close. I know uh, Iowa State, I saw uh, Jonah Dillon posted a video yesterday. I guess Iowa State had a, a pep rally or something at AutoZone Park, and it looked like a, a really good crowd there at the pep rally for Iowa State. We know they travel well, so um, hopefully it's a it's a really fun game. I know a lot of people are, are excited for it, um, both here locally and nationally for this matchup. I, so I hope Memphis fun. fans do show up. Yeah, uh, I, I know, after talking to Steve Earhart on this show on Wednesday, there will not be the crowd mm, that they had yeah. seven years ago sure. yeah. in, uh, in 2016. That that was, uh, or six years ago in seventeen. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. That 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 was fifty seven thousand, and that was legit. That was incredible. incredible. Uh, yeah. That that was, yeah. Here here's what was pretty impre- amazing. Yeah, I did not realize until I was reading all these notes. This is just the eighteenth bowl game in the history of Iowa State. Really? And they've been playing football for one hundred twenty four years. How many times have they've they played only in this won bowl five game? bowl games? Wow! This is their fourth time to play in the Autozone Liberty say, they've Bowl. They've been here a ton, and they only won the one game against wow. Memphis twenty one twenty. That's incredible. You realize how many players that that are in the NFL from those teams? Oh, a plenty. I mean, they had a, the a Tigers guys. had eleven players wow. <laughs> in that game that went on to play That's a incredible. snap or two at least in the NFL. Wow, eleven. They had. Brock Purdy. Yeah. Uh, wow. I I was there and I didn't even remember that. Brock wow. Purdy, David Montgomery, David Montgomery, and Lazard. Yeah, I remember. Oh Lazard. my gosh! Lazard had I mean, a big game. I I don't know. You know, the, a lot of people think this kid, the quarterback and the running back, yeah. possible NFL guys. Uh, the guy not playing in the game because that's the difference between now and seven years mm-hmm. ago. Although Henderson opted out of this game. Sure. Yeah. Uh, seven years. Uh, yeah, six years ago. Um. TJ Tampa, third team All American, yeah. first team All Big Twelve. He just opted out. That helps Memphis. Sure, he might have been the guy that was going to cover Rock Taylor. Uh, got to be a big game, yeah, for Hennigan and Rock Taylor. Before we run out of time, interesting game tomorrow night, mm-hmm. six o'clock, FedEx Forum, Austin P. Yeah, and that team comes to town. Their coach Gibson is a disciple of Dave Luce. Yep. Dave Luce's grandson transferred from CBU, Daniel mm-hmm. Luce, to play in this game, and Rodney Hamilton, yeah. former Tiger assistant for many years with Penny. He is, uh, I guess, the lead assistant mm-hmm. for now uh, th- th- this ball club. He was at Northwestern State with yep. Gibson, and they took all these players, and guys, six yeah. guys, mm-hmm. and the staff, yeah. all with them from Northwestern State to to uh, 
Clarksville. Yeah, it's going to be a fun game. I think a, a good game for the Tigers to, to wrap up the non-conference slate and wrap up the year before starting conference. Another player that will be uh, interesting and fun to watch, Emmanuel Hansel, who Memphis recruited one, a little bit. One-armed guy. The, yeah, young man with, with one arm. He has been getting some good minutes for them and, and playing off the bench. So we'll get to see him. And I saw this yesterday. Uh, their leading scorer uh, he, that came. He, their star. He's leading in every category. He leads. It's ev- unbelievable. Every category except one. What's that one? So he leads in points. Okay. He leads in rebounds. Uh-huh. He leads assists. in steals. Uh-huh. Leads in assists. He's got like 35 steals, yeah. by the way. Leads in assists. Has a really good ratio. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine you'd be the leading scorer on the okay. team? You know how many threes he's hit this year? Oh, I have no idea how many. Zippo. Really? He's 0 for 10 wow. from three-point range. That's he was, incredible. By the way, he was the Southland Player of the Year. Wow. His name escapes me at the yeah, moment. Yeah, I, I don't remember. I'll, I'll know him tomorrow. Uh, right, yes, you will. You'll be saying it a lot. No, they. Uh, it, it's going to be a good game, and, and I'm fun, I'm excited to, to see this group. Like you said, new staff, a lot of new players. Um, they, they've kind of struggled this year, but I think uh, I really like um, kind of this this coaching staff and, and what they're building over there. I think Austin P could be a, a fun team to watch in the next couple of years. Happy New Year, my friend. Happy New Year. Thank you. You going to the game? No, I'll be here. I'll be right here. Manning the uh, ship. Yeah, we'll be trying to Uh uh, do our best and and not get uh, sidetracked by watching the game. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That game will be on in the heart of your broadcast. That is that is for sure. Well, thank you. We appreciate it. And again, we'll do this next week as always. But then it'll be 2024. Our last spot of the day is to make sure you've got the right beer. For your holiday celebration, for your New Year's Day party, you need to go seek out all the great product from Grind City Brewing because they've been taking care of beerness in Memphis for years and, of course, for years to come. Let's start with what the doctor ordered. That's the Pilsner called Poppy's Pills. You might be interested in the God Hopper, the Pale Ale. If you like lagers, there's the Amber Lager they call Thaddeus. And if you're a Blue Moon kind of a guy, you like Belgian-style wheat ale, they got the Bell. They've got, for craft malt liquor, this is unique. It's got a little bit more alcoholic content, which means a little more punch. It's called Tiger Tail. It is not like any malt liquor you have ever had. you got to try it. You'll like it. I promise. All the Grind City Brewing products are just outstanding. The facilities downtown are gorgeous with a great view of the bridges and the skyline. Grind City Brewing, taking care of beerness in Memphis. We'll see you again the next Tuesday on the 24th. To all of you who listen to us, we appreciate it. We wish you a happy and a very happy, healthy 2024. Johnny Radio is right around the corner.